Yo, yo, check this out. Yeah, check this out. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. With JG and Jack for breakfast. 92.9. I just love the good energy that comes from my radio. The way to wake up. Awesome to listen to. Yeah, they're good. Love it. Tamworth. Let's go. Go, go, go. A little bit embarrassing for NASA. How about this? They've been forced to cancel history's first all-female spacewalk because it's been unable to provide two properly fitting spacesuits for the astronauts. Just because they couldn't find another spacesuit, they've had to cancel it. I mean, surely they would have checked this off before they made the big announcement that they've got two females doing the spacewalk for the first time ever, so wouldn't you? The spacewalk is in like a catwalk where they're showing off their new astronaut no, Jack. clothes models. No, no, so actually no, in space. space walk. So like, they go up to the International Space Station and actually walk out and fix stuff. So is this telling us that there's not two female astronauts that don't have enough... Well, I don't, know if they, I don't know if they share the same suits, but you got me thinking, there's only been 50 different women that have flown with NASA over time. Uh, 49 women in total have flown in space. That includes foreign nationals too. The very first one being a Russian, Valentina Cheskakova, who flew on Vostok 6. They don't make them like they used to. Back in 1963. So you go, Christina Koch and Anne McLean were scheduled to conduct the walk at the International Space Station on March 29. But because there was only one suitable spacesuit available, Miss Koch will now be joined by Nick... Hague, uh, uh, the uh, Christina Kosh will be, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Anne McLean will be doing her scheduled uh, walk at another time. Okay, so it's saying here that the girls were both the exact same size and there's only one medium-sized torso <laughs> suit. <laughs> You'd hate to work in the clothing department at NASA, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, wouldn't you? Yeah, I can see the intern now going, look, we don't really have the... We, we've only got one medium spacesuit for you. Sorry, but would a polo shirt do? So wake me up. This is JB and Jack for breakfast. Get all up. 92.9. Yes, sir, we had a good chat on the show about all things cricket we were covering off yesterday because Steve Smith is allowed to play again in cricket as year bands wrapped up. And I was chatting to someone yesterday in Pill Street about this. And I, I, I approach, as you all know by now, uh, I tread lightly when it comes to bringing up sports. But you know what? I thought I'd go gung-ho straight into the conversation yesterday with cricket. Yep. And someone said to me, cricket, uh, when I was chatting to him about the Steve Smith thing, they said cricket is just like chess, and I, I've noticed this, and you look at me blankly, but I've noticed kind of like how everything tastes like chicken. Oh, it's compared all, to chess. Yeah, all sports seem to be compared in some way, shape or form, or some sports seem to be compared with chess. I've noticed a bit of a running thing with this. Like, for example, yesterday, old mate down Pill Street compared cricket with chess. Yeah. Uh, years ago when the Winter Olympics was on, a Canadian friend of mine was explaining curling to me and said that curling's like lawn bowls and chess on ice. And then a teacher of mine in school compared lawn bowls with being like chess. Okay, so is it... Are they comparing like uh, lawn bowls, curling and cricket, all quite slow sports, so, uh, but quite tactical as well? So are they... Kind of comparing the tactical side and drawing compar- um, comparisons between the tactical side or the They're the implying they're boring. Like, like, are they saying it's a, a tactical game yeah, or entertainment-wise? Yeah, yeah. Ent- no, no, no. Uh, more like 
the intelligence of it. Intelligence. Oh, yeah. that's why chess has never been compared to NRL then. So wake me up. This is JB and Jack for breakfast. Get all up. I got that on cassette tape when I was a kid from KFC. I don't know what it was, but you used to be able to buy meals and stuff from KFC. And they used to give you cassette tapes with songs on them. I remember I got that and the other big hit from that year, Black Velvet Alana Miles. Hey, the soundtrack of my childhood right there. Uh, Janie's got a gun from Aerosmith right here at 92.9. There's a nine at nine in that. Uh, songs that JB got on cassette from KFC. I'll tell you what, there's about uh, 300 in... 300 songs you've spoken about in this morning show, which I have never heard of. <laughs> just add it to the list. Yeah. 726, just quickly, how about this? A Victorian man is almost $50 million richer after he accidentally purchased not one but two Oslotto tickets with the same numbers. Oh. But then went on to win the Division 1 jackpot. I never even thought about doing this. The winner described by Oslotto as a hard-working man from St Albans. They always are, aren't they? I want the Oslotto representatives come out one day and go, yeah, a former business executive or current business executive who's already made a self-made billionaire won the lotto last night when he felt like feeling like every other working class citizen out there by buying a lotto ticket on his way home last night in his $5,000 suit as he was about to step into his Maserati and his lotto ticket won. But anyway, that never happens. A hard-working man from St. Albans who won $46.6 million. Uh, he, the man used the same mark numbers all the time. He's been using them for 30 years. But in an era, bought the same marked entry twice it's a mistake that's earned him pretty much double his money. Yeah, well played. and Very well played. It's been very smart because obviously if I believe how jackpot, how it works, if two people win it, it gets halved, yeah. right? Yeah. So in this case, it's saying that three people won it, but yeah. technically he was yeah. two. Yeah. So the other guy would have got, say it was 100 mil. Yeah. He would have got 50 mil and 50 mil, but because he's got two tickets, yes. he's got the 66.6 mil and the other yeah. guy's got 30... Yeah, Genius. sensational, isn't it? I love it. Uh, he didn't actually realise that. He logged onto the website and put in one of the ticket numbers and it said, hey, congratulations, you won 23.3 mil. But then it wasn't until the lotto office rang him and said, mate, you've won 46.6 mil. And he went, no, no, hang on, 23.3 mil. And they went, no, you bought two tickets, mate. Yeah. So you double it. The other fella, the other person that won the 23.3 mil to take it up to around about the 70 mil mark was a fella from Hobart. So no doubt a hardworking man from Hobart Do we to go with a hardworking man from St Albans. Or who knows, that could be our self-made billionaire from Hobart. That's it. Do, do we think that he actually said to the lotto, no, nah, no, nah, hang on, I only won this much? <laughs> you, no. No. So wake me up. This is JB and Jack for breakfast. We're chatting before about the Fitzroy Street upgrades and how I think, you know, down the track, not asking for it right now, we need shade first, but maybe down the track a little bit of nice mood lighting there and some soft Kenny G. Sonia gave us a call. She said, JB, I don't know who is this Kenny G you speak of. Sonia, this is what I'm speaking of. Yeah, you can imagine it now, can't you? Hey, that's got to curb a bit of vandalism going on around the place too, doesn't it? I reckon speakers everywhere with that protruding out of it. 
Sensational. When I lived in Coffs Harbour, they had a kid you not at night time in the alleyways around Coffs Harbour to curb the kids doing, you know, graffiti of bananas and things like that. Yeah. Because that's what people love doing artwork yeah, all over just, there. They just never have the uh, yellow spray paint. So they just look like other things because they can't colour them in. That's right. They always graffiti them on yellow walls so you just have to do the black outline yeah, and the rest it. of the paint does its thing. That's they why would, it's called the big banana. That's it. They would do uh, classical music blaring down the alleyways late at night. So if you walk through coughs after <laughs> 10, you get a bit of that. A bit of John Strass the second, Blue Dunbee Waltz. Blaring through coughs at night, hey? What a tourist mecca. I reckon we can do it with the Kenny G. We'll work on that. So wake me up. This is JB and Jack for breakfast. Get on Wincing Wednesday. We're going to make you wince with the worst pain you have ever been in on our Facebook page, or you can call us 676 Greg, thanks for giving us a call back. How are you, mate? I lost Greg again there, I think. <laughs> this is why we call it Wincing Wednesday. He's there on the phone, but he can't. I can't hear him. Oh, hello. There we are. How are you, Greg? Hey, mate. Yeah, that's all right. No dramas. All good. I can only just hear you. Yeah, that's all right. I don't know whether it's our phone or your phone. But anyway, your, your uh, injury involves a cow, I understand. This isn't good. Yeah, mate, yeah, I was working in, um, working in a, a stockyard and got kicked in the crutch by a full-grown cow and ruptured my testicle. Oh, oh. No, thank you. Ouch! So what, no. just, it, what, what, the, like a back kick to your, to your crotch from the cow? Yeah, just, just a direct kick straight backwards. Oh, wow, and so what, you had to ring the ambulance, you got your phone out and you called him? No, well, you know, out in the scrub there, no sort of phone service, and um, I was just lucky my wife come along and, yeah, she took me to hospital and, yeah, surgery and all the rest of it. And, yeah, not real nice at all. No, thank you. We've just heard of Tyson Cazell going through a ruptured testicle in the NRL as well. Oh, no, thank you. Did you kick the cow back? <laughs> yeah, what happened to the cow? Mince meat? <laughs> No, no, it, it went through the yards as normal, so, yeah, you couldn't pick which one it was. I was in too much bloody pain. Oh, <laughs> we, uh, Ouch. JB, we had Brooke on yesterday, and we said that well, a couple of days ago, she said she'd be a good correspondent yes. for reality TV shows. Yeah. Nick would be a great correspondent for the cyclone that's coming in at the moment. <laughs> it's sounding like it. Greg, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for the call. Glad things are, uh, well, hopefully better anyway. So wake me up. This is JB and Jack for breakfast. Get on up. 92.9.